and it's an honor to be here, and it's also an honor to continue the relationship that my father, the late P.J. Titus, had with this group and to continue that with each one of you, and I want to thank you for your prayers, your support. This is your ministry. Just wanted to give the ones that don't know about the ministry called Christ for India that we serve. We're doing four core things in India. One is a training young men and women to become pastors and evangelists. Second is to plant churches in unreached areas. Third is we work in the humanitarian through our medical ministry and relief efforts. Fourth is through the children's ministry. And um, this is your ministry. Uh, the first chapel that was built is still there. Calvary Chapel and Temple's there. And so anyway, this is what you're praying for. We're uh, going through some different situations in India, different persecutions. But God is still in control, and we want to thank you for your support. There's a few pictures if we can get up. You may just show it in the background. And uh, I want to let my brother, he doesn't get to come off it. Praise the Lord. Dr. Paino gave my dad three minutes to share about his ministry. I'm sorry, I can't say it in three minutes. But we thank you for your prayers and your support. God is good. 35 years, deep roots. And from that, we're building a better and brighter and more blessed kingdom of God in India. Amen? Amen. We're continuing what the vision of Dr. Titus, our late father, had in reaching the unreached. We're planning churches. We have 200 congregations. We're supporting 146 pastors from support each month. We have over 800 children in our school. It's an English medium, ICSC. Christ is preached every day in that school compound. Many places where government sponsored or government aided, they limit you, what you can say, what you can do. We are independent. We believe and trust in God. Mom started this school in 82, 83. She was the only woman on campus. She felt lonely and she says, I want to do something. So she started gathering up children from around the villages, cleaned them up, fed them, and we have the school now. We have a hospital where we reach out to the people that can't get uh, healing. We pray first, our sign says, Jesus heals. God cures, amen? amen. And we believe in that. And uh, we also educate young people in the seminary. We are, we're honored and we're proud of a vision of Dr. Titus that he wanted his PhD program to start in our seminary. This year we're doing that. We have residential PhD faculty that can get an accredited PhD degree in our institution. So we are growing. We do see that future, as we just heard when we've been hearing. We trust in him and we praise God for all that he's doing. Two years ago, we had a cyclone come through as we're seeing Haiti this week. Wiped our campus, wiped our city out, but we've rebuilt. We're still in the process. We need your prayers and your support. Continue to help us and uh, to help India to see the kingdom of God, that Christ for India will happen. Amen? Thank you. God bless you. We do, we do have some literature, if you'd like to have some, about the ministry that you're supporting. And I want to thank the JP for serving on our board. 
and for Pastor Paul Price, who serves on our board, and many have served the ministry, many have come and taught on the campus, and uh, we want to again publicly acknowledge uh, Pastor Rod Buzzard, and many of you that have served the ministry, we thank you for the heritage and for the legacy, and uh, anyway, look forward to catching up with you. Thank you, and God bless you. Thank you, Brother Jameson. Praise the Lord. The Kinnears uh, have been a part of the fellowship for, for many years and have represented what ministry that they've been doing in, in, uh, in parts of Africa. And they're going to come now, uh, Rena and Ron. Come on. Ron's coming by himself. Thank you very much. I, I greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And um, listening to Alex and to J.D. this morning convinced me that the kingdom of God is the future and CMI Global is part of the kingdom. I believe with young people like that we have a wonderful future and Alex is 31 and I am 74 and been in ministry for 48 years but listening to Alex and what he presented he gave a grid that fits right over my ministry. And he's a young minister. Lead by faith. And uh, then we must celebrate the process. <laughs> and then we must focus on an intergenerational ministry. We must create one. And uh, uh, I'm so sorry about one thing and that these two young men are not in Africa. <clears throat> but I'm, I'm so proud of them and I thank God for them and, and I, I want these two young men and, and the other, other young ones uh, to meet my Timothy I'm bringing him along with me next year and uh, I'm so excited about that and I think it's going to be birds of a feather flock together so we have a wonderful future how many of you pastors here uh, helped in the 50-50 church building project that Dr. Paul Paino launched many years ago. There, there are hands. Thank you. Uh, I've, I've got good news for you. We, we assisted 84 churches in Africa, in South Africa mainly. 84 churches. And uh, I, I researched two of them. And um, the, these two were financed by one of the pastors that raised his hand this morning. Harold uh, Hills. And uh, these two churches, one was in Sunrise, Soweto, and the other one in Protea Glen, also in Soweto. And when he visited those two churches, they, they were shanty shack churches put together with nails and, and string and plastic. But the glory of God came down on them. Those two churches have become major leaders in their communities and they have outgrown their facilities and i think it was a wonderful investment in the kingdom of god so thank you thank you for the hand that went up and for the investment that, that you have made in the kingdom of god um, celebrating the process rena and i are radical Pentecostal believers, we are incurable 
and we are unashamed to be tongue-speaking Pentecostal Christians. And let me tell you something. I'd like to speak to the younger generation. If you'd like to see God use you mightily, spend one or two hours every day, even three hours every day, in speaking in tongues. And uh, I've sensed the anointing, and I've sent the presence of God in this conference. And I know somebody must have been praying. Something special about this time. And prayer makes the difference. And uh, I'd, I'd like to celebrate something in the process. And then I'd, I'd like to share a dream with you in the process. And it is on a PowerPoint. The celebration is our soul winning project. Eight years ago, we launched a soul winning project that was only to last for three years. But it turned out to be so successful that we continued on with it. And um, on, on the PowerPoint, you will see that uh, it, it ends, the, the result that came in ended 2014. And so 2015 is outstanding, and it takes Africa a long time to, to get the information to us. And we have that information, and we could just not update it because of, we've been out of the country now for almost four months out of South Africa. And so our office didn't update that for us. But when you look at the PowerPoint, I, I want you to look for something in particular. And that is our goal. We had a three-year goal. God helped us to reach that goal and have more souls. Uh, first time decisions, then we went into a second, second cycle of three years. God helped us to really reach a target far beyond what we were trusting him. And our third three-year cycle ends the end of this year. In December this year, our third three-year cycle is ending, and we are only approximately 20,000 souls short of our goal. And I, I believe we're going to hit this. So now look at that final figure. Amen. And then we're going to celebrate that final figure. And then the dream. Where are we going to? And three years ago, we, uh, I, I attended the CMI Global Conference. Sp spoke to some individual pastors and told them of my dream. That in addition to all the Bible cottage we have in Central East Africa and the churches we are planting, we wanted to move into South Sudan. Well, South Sudan has happened. And then we have a dream and things are happening in South Sudan. Since then we've moved into Ethiopia, but great announcement now is that um, uh, there, there's a firewall across Africa. And as the Christians move from the south upwards, the Muslims are coming down from the north down to the south. And across uh, the center, and the Togo, I'm sorry that Pastor Mawuzi isn't here, across Africa, there, there is a clash between the Muslims and the Christians, and they call that the firewall. Well, I've got some good news for you. The firewall is the fire of the Holy Spirit. And this, this last year, in our ministry, we are right there where it's happening. Several, several Muslims have been converted. We thank God. And our dream, two more countries to take, Sudan and Egypt, 
and then you can draw a straight line from Cape Town, southernmost point of Africa, all the way to Cairo in a straight line. We are operating in all those countries with church planting, soul winning, leadership development, etc. So thank you for listening to us. My wife, she uh, is a conference speaker, intercessor, uh, enjoying great favor among women in South Africa and abroad. And it's just a joy and a delight for us to be here. A quick PowerPoint. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. God bless you. heard a lot about China. Let's hear it from somebody that's been there often. Brother Dick. Thank you, Pastor. Good morning, everyone. Good it's good to be with you this morning. And uh, since Dennis already uh, shared a little bit about what we're doing uh, this morning, for all of you who are pastors, I have a packet that I've prepared to put into your hands that explains a little bit more about our ministry, where we're at, what we're doing. Um, there's some sample newsletters there in the back. I do a monthly newsletters to let everybody know what we're doing. So if I could get a couple men that could come and help me and just uh, pass these out, please make sure every pastor gets one. I think I've got 34 of them there. And uh, so if you're a, a pastor, if you please raise your hand, uh, or if you're head of a ministry, then we'd like for you to have one of these. Um, and uh, just... Read through it if you get some time, maybe on the plane or the drive home. Um, take some time, read through it. If you've got any questions, my contact information is there. God has been so good to us. When I started 18 years ago full-time uh, in missions to train pastors and leaders in basically third-world countries, my vision at that time was to do two or three Bible schools. And I was thinking that when I got to the age I am now, I could retire and just enjoy teaching. But uh, God always does more. It's one of Dr. Pano's statements. He always does more. And uh, now we're in, as I said earlier, 20 countries. I think we have 55 locations now, and there's over 1,300 students enrolled in the program right now. If everything goes as we are hoping it will, by the end of this year, we should have uh, the program ready online in English. And uh, as soon as we get it functioning in English in the way that we want it to function, then our goal is to start putting it into the different languages that uh, the curriculum is in. And so where this will go, only God knows. And how many souls uh, we can help train. You know, the, the burden that I had was that there were many people who were called to the work of the ministry, but had no way to get the training. And either they weren't of the right denomination, so they couldn't go to the denominational school that was in their area, or they didn't have the finances, or there wasn't a school in their area. So that was what got us started, and God just kept opening doors, and people found out more and more about the program and would ask me if I would come and help, and we just do what we can to help. Um, we provide the curriculum free of charge. Don't charge anything for it. What I look for is an indigenous pastor who has vision beyond himself and wants to train others and send them out. So then we try to come alongside, help equip them. Uh, we provide what financing we can uh, when it's needed. Uh, those of you who know me very well know that I'm very tight with a penny. In fact, I picked up a penny this morning here in the sanctuary. 
I'm the kind of guy that walks along and I'm always looking at the ground because I know there's money on the ground somewhere. And I'll pick it up and put it in my pocket. I'd rather be in my pocket than anywhere else because I know I'll get it used. And uh, I pinch a penny, I make it go as far as I possibly can and train as many as we can. The time is short. And I believe that, you know, we, the, the motto for this conference was show us your glory. In Psalm 96.3, I think it is, it says, declare my glory among the nations. I'm in the multiplication business. Many of us that are here speaking this morning are in the multiplication business. And I'm looking for opportunities to multiply. When, when we reached the 50 mark, I began to pray, God, give me 100 schools, 100 locations. Now I'm believing that the online program may far exceed anything that I've even imagined. And we had a school in Jordan that was functioning, but we couldn't keep ahead of the students. And so we decided to sidetrack the school for a while so that we could get the curriculum translated into Arabic. We're about two-thirds of the way through, but the war has become a problem for us now because so many refugees from Syria are pouring into Jordan that the people who were working for us doing the translation have had to, to drop that so that they could start ministering to all the refugees. So the lady that's been in charge of the translation work has been trying to connect with me on Skype. We keep missing each other. And, uh, but she wanted to talk to me about their plans to try to finish the uh, translation work. Once that's done, then we're going to work very hard at getting it ready online because we know we can reach a lot of Christians in the Arabic countries and train them to be able to teach others and send others out to pastor churches. So please pray with us. And if you have a heart to, to help us, what I'm looking for are churches. Doesn't make any difference what size your church is. I'm looking for churches who want to partner with us to help train pastors and then send teams when we graduate those pastors to evangelize and help us plant churches. So what I'm looking for is opportunity for you to get involved on a level to where your people actually go and taste and feel and smell what they've invested in. I don't give money. I invest money. Jesus invested talents. And when you didn't use the talent, he took the talent away from you and gave it to the people that knew how to multiply it. Jesus was an investor. I want to be an investor that invests where the money is going to get multiplied many times over. So help us if you can. God bless you. Thank you, Dick. Brother Rod Buzzard and his wife Kathleen are actively involved in prison ministry here in the United States, and we know that that's an unreached people group, most definitely. Rod, talk to us about it. Thank you. It's good to be here, and uh, wow, all these great preachers, young and a little not so young. <laughs> Everybody say amen to that. But I'm glad to feel the presence of the Lord here. You know, I think that's really all that anybody's looking for. It doesn't matter what age they are. We're looking for the presence of the Lord. And that's the glory of God, isn't it? And 
I'm glad to see God at work and doing something great. And, you know, we find out uh, when we go into prison that that pr principle is just as true behind the walls as it is outside. Uh, all those people are really looking for is the presence of God. And when they find the Lord, things change. How I many know God still changes people, doesn't he? And so uh, we're glad for what the Lord is doing. Eight years ago, I found myself alone, first time in my life, lonely, sad, scared. I had no idea what was going to happen to me. Maybe some of you have been there. And uh, I, I remember waking up really after the morning of, of uh, a lot of shocking events that I won't bore you with all the details. And, <clears throat> and I remember at six in the morning, <laughs> which is, was a miracle that I woke up at six in the morning. The sun was shining through the window. And as I opened my eyes, I heard the Lord say, I want you to build a hundred churches and write a book called Restoring Broken People. Now, building churches had always been on my mind, but writing a book called Restoring Broken People had not been on my mind. And I, I all of a sudden found myself driven Okay, this is what I've got to do. I had no idea what the Lord was going to do with it. I started working on writing the book. I have a copy of it here. But about a year later, the Lord brought this lady into my life. And uh, she's a graduate of Lutheran Seminary, so she's very, very smart. She worked in the computer industry, so she is very, very capable. And... Uh, uh, as I got acquainted with her, I felt like the Lord wanted me to begin to partner with her. I lived in Florida. She lived in Michigan. So we, we did our partnering over Skype. Maybe some of you have done some of that in your past. And I asked her if she would help me edit my book. And in the process of doing that, she, looked, she was involved in prison ministry. And she looked at it and said, Rod, this would be great behind the walls. Now, I... I'm just telling the story because I didn't have that vision. Matter of fact, I had no idea what God was going to do. All I knew was God said, write the book. And uh, next thing I knew, she, when we first printed the book, she uh, went to prison fellowship and got permission to go into the local prison for women. 1,800 behind maximum security, hardened criminals. And uh, she said, I want to have a class. They said, well, how many? And she said, 30 people. So they put out a call out. And if you've ever been in prison, you know how this works. When they got to 280 requests, they shut off the call out. Call out. And she went in, just this little, if, if you would hear her speak, uh, this little meek gal went in, in the power of the Lord, and began teaching the first 30 ladies. In that prison, we now have three classes going, and we offer them three to four times a year in just that prison. We're not even there anymore. 
There's another group of people there carrying on that ministry, continuing to not only they've they've not only gone through the 280, but they've gone to well over a thousand prisoners in just that one facility. And one of the uh, one of the ladies who was a prison guard and used to escort the teachers in and then stand, you know, in the doorway and observe, you know, and, and bring security. That sweet gal retired, and uh, she saw what God was doing, and she witnessed day by day the change in the lives of the prisoners. And she said, I want to, now that I'm retired, I want to use my life doing something that changes lives. And she's now one of our teachers. God is doing a good thing. Well, we ended up, we've printed 4,000 of these. I didn't bring any with me because we're out of them. That's a good thing. Can everybody say amen to that? Uh, we're out of them. We just had another 2,000 printed, and we're on our way to Michigan after we leave here to pick up some of those. Now, if you want to be involved, here's a real simple way to get the information. Rod Buzzard, that's my name. Buzzard, just like the bird. My name is Rod Buzzard. But when I asked this lady to marry me, she said, well, can I call myself Buzzard? <laughs> I said, if you'll marry me, you can call yourself whatever you want to call yourself. So I'm Rod Buzzard. But this is Kathleen Buzzard. <laughs> and make sure you call her that when you talk to her, you know, because she won't answer to the other. But uh, she asked me to simplify our, our website. It was lightforlife.org, and it had the number four, and it's very complicated. So we made it simple, rodbuzzard.com. You can go right there, even if you want to right on your phone. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's applicated to the uh, smartphone. And, uh, and, and you can get information. We've just printed, if you want to uh, involve your church in reaching out to a, one of the local prisons and use this material, you can do that. Just order the material, do it on your own, or if you want us to come and help you train people, we're more than willing to do that. And uh, we're excited, one last little note, footnote. Uh, we're excited because uh, God has, has moved us into another arena of this. We've been going to all the prisons ourselves and starting these things. Uh, but a prison fellowship has now asked us to come into their conferences and train people. And we did that just a couple weeks ago. And uh, a, a Spanish lady came up to us and said, is this in Spanish? And we said, no. And she said, well, you know, I want to take this into the prisons in West Palm Beach. We work in five prisons there. And uh, everybody we deal with is, is Hispanic. They don't even speak English. She said, I have a grant coming to me. Would you be willing to let me use that grant to pay for the book? And we'll translate it into Spanish and begin to take it into the Hispanic population. And already we've got requests from uh, New York City because it's filled with Hispanic people that don't speak English. And, and I've just got a feeling that's going to open a whole new door uh, to ministry. So we're, we're excited about what God is doing. Uh, it's based on reaching them through uh, their need to address their addictions 
and how they can uh, let Christ make the, the, the difference in that. So uh, anything that we can do to be a blessing. One last footnote. We're building churches in Haiti right now. Just finished one. Got two more under construction. And uh, our, our key missionaries that we're working with are here in the country, in the U.S. right now. So we don't have the final report, but uh, we will be posting on our website what needs are out there. And if you're interested in getting involved and helping people, you can do that. Uh, $5,000 builds a church. God bless you. Thank you. Brian Van Deventer, uh, Eastern European, Middle Eastern Ministries, and Gail Stathis, who's at Regent University uh, this week, part of our fellowship. We're going to let him come because he has to catch a plane this afternoon, then Paul and Karen Whitley will share this evening with us, all right? And then we'll have hit all of the missionaries. Come on, Brian. All right, we'll do this quick. A uh, few thoughts and then two projects that we'll talk about and uh, have some pamphlets downstairs. I hope you'll grab one of these. Uh, I've been a part of this fellowship, counted it up today, 19 years. And it just occurred to me, I don't know most of you. Uh, roots that run deep with a few of you, but a lot of you that I, I don't know don't get to come to the conference every year. Uh, but it's been good to meet some of you this time around. And I'm looking forward to years ahead. Amen. And uh, I get to stand right, we had the 31, we had the 74, I'm 46, so we get to just kind of bridge everything together. And um, I had a couple thoughts this morning. Um, Dennis, you said uh, things are going to change and we won't like it. And I thought, well, we won't like it, but we might love it. Yeah. <laughs> so let, let's see where this thing goes together and, uh, and, and just enjoy uh, the journey. And then uh, Johnny Wade Sloan, I've enjoyed hearing about your first board meeting. I went to Greece 25 years ago to uh, help a church plant. I became the lead pastor at 25, and in my first year, um, we were invited to leave our denomination. Uh, we, were, we came under systematic attack from the local Satanists. Um, we were under investigation by Interpol and the U.S. government because of mafia connections in our local church. And my spiritual father determined, decided to inform me that he was going to leave the church to transgender, to transition. And uh, that was my introduction to ministry. So I think we could, uh, we could commiserate together. And, uh, but we could enjoy the fact that where we are now is not where we were then. And, uh, and that there's a lot of great things going on. Amen. I am excited to be here and to be a part of this fellowship. And again, I do hope you'll get to know us a little better by grabbing that. But the first project I want to talk about, I was in a conference lately. And we work throughout the Middle East, North Africa. Uh, I directly oversee about 45 churches at the moment. And, uh, we, but we've just entered a new initiative. But I was at a conference uh, regarding the, the flow of Syrian refugees into Europe. It was a very alarming conference. They were sounding the bell, rightfully so, that there was this influx of population that demographically says that uh, many European nations, including Greece, where I live, could be, uh, have large minority Muslim populations, if not growing into majorities, within a generation. 
And so they were throwing this slide up to kind of sound the alarm and, and show, you know, all of these ominous arrows that were leading into Europe and heading west. And they were throwing all the statistics at us. And as I was sitting there listening, it was like a little voice just entered my head that said, you know what? You hear the voice saying that this is a, an invasion of Islam into the West, but what I'm showing you, Brian, is the winds of the Holy Spirit blowing a people. For 20 years, our ministry has worked to break into Syria in dribs and drabs. We've done Bible smuggling. We've done Bible school planting. And oh, by the way, Ron and, and uh, Dick, is that your name, sir? We need, to have, we need to have a session at these things where we can sit down and just kind of talk together and, and see where our synergies are. Because we've got so many things that overlap. And all we ever do is just hear about it with each other. We need to do a little more to coordinate that. But the Lord just spoke to me and said, you know, this is not an invasion coming. This is the winds of the Holy Spirit blowing people that you've spent 20 years trying to crack the door to get into. And now not only are they coming out to where they are readily available, but to where they are seeking you out to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Last year, 2015, we had over a, Muslim, uh, over a million Syrian refugees pass through Greece. We presently have about 70,000 in the country that will be remaining there indefinitely, maybe for their lifetimes, and that number is going to grow. And we're just one, one country. Germany's got a million of them already. And uh, you can see things throughout. And we've seen incredible things happening, not only with Syrians, but with Iranians and with Afghans. In our local fellowship, we've birthed, birthed an Afghan fellowship that's over 100 uh, people every Sunday. We've birthed an Iranian fellowship that has about 150 people every Sunday. We see mu many, many Muslims coming to Christ. But now what we're seeing is this, this flow of people that has entered and is now beginning to stay. And so I was recently in Egypt where we developed a partnership with over 27 Egyptian-based missions, local missions, that had determined that they wanted to send out 100 missionaries into Europe to work among the Syrian diaspora by the end of this year. And so we got engaged with them, and what we're doing is, is putting in plan a, a motion, a, in a plan in motion, that will begin to do church planting. We're going to have three in Greece started by the beginning of this year on a model of rotating people, missionaries in on three-month basis because it gets us under the visa radars, but gives us a stable presence of a constant turnover of Arabic-based missionaries from Egypt, Lebanon, and Jordan that will be coming in. We'll be doing those church plants and then taking that model up into Europe thereafter and, uh, and beginning to just plant worshiping communities among these people. And so we're excited about this. It's about $5,000. We'll do a one-year church plant because the Egyptian church is raising half of their funds themselves. And we're coming in to match that to, to pull these missionaries out. So we're excited about this project. We believe that in the next few years, we are going to see dozens, if not hundreds, of worshiping communities started functioning and flourishing within the Syrian communities throughout Europe. Amen. So we want you to partner with us on that. We want you to pray. Some of you need to come and see it for yourselves, uh, but you need to get involved. And the second project I want to talk about is something called uh, When Women Speak and Women of the Well. We heard this morning uh, three mission agencies. One is a Church Missionary Society out of the UK. It's the one that Wilbur, Wilberforce started 
uh, a century ago and more. Uh, the second one is a group called InterServe. They're one of the largest sending agencies into the Muslim world, about 800 missionaries based out of Malaysia, and then ourselves. And we came together uh, to, to start something called When Women Speak, and then it has a secondary com component called Women of the Will. What this is is an initiative on one level to deal with uh, women in politics, in industry, and in education within the Middle East and North Africa to give a voice to women at those levels within their nations. And so that's underway. We've uh, got some incredible things going on with that. The second component is to deal uh, with reaching Muslim women with the gospel. And what we've discovered in research, the, the, the historical thought was win the man, you win the family. Win the father, you get the family. And we've learned that that's not taking place in most instances. There's a couple reasons for that. Uh, one has to do with fear factors, family factors, societal factors. The other has to do with the fact that many times when men become believers, they don't think it's important to share it with their wives. And so it actually doesn't flow into the family. And so we're dealing with universities, academics, and practitioners to develop a missiology of working with women in that context, winning women, 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 winning women, uh, and then also uh, using that platform to get other agencies involved and to begin a, a uh, hopefully something of, a, of an evangelistic movement with that. Uh, so that's why Gail Stathis, many of you know her, she's not here, she's at Regent University this week uh, to make some presentations for that. She'll be at Fuller in a, a couple of weeks, at Dallas Theological Seminary, a few other places that we're trying to pull together and get on board of this. So we're excited that the, the Lord has allowed us right now, this age, to be at what we call the burning edges of mission. We believe that there's just some incredible things out there. Uh, Dr. Yurton's not here, but it's risk-taking, but it's exciting. And uh, we're just happy to be able to be a part of CMI and have this fellowship be a part of partnering into that. So I would love to talk to you before I go at lunch, and please get one of these. And Dennis, it's all yours. Thank you, Brian. Let's stand together.